0: hello beautiful people and welcome to another episode of straight up no bs the podcast where we tackle marriagehood life adulthood parenthood and any other topics that my heart desires just rest assured that it's always straight up no bs and i am your host stephanie so thank you so much for tuning into this podcast if you like this podcast We are registered on Apple, iTunes, as well as Spotify, so make sure that you like this this podcast and also give it a review so that other people can have access to our podcast and join our crew, the No BS Crew. It has to grow on me. So today's topic, we are going to talk about four lessons I have learned from my marriage in four years in honor of our four year anniversary, which is this week. So, lesson one, learn to love your spouse in the way that they receive love. This was a really important lesson to me because honestly, when I first got married, I had no idea on how to be married. Although my husband and I had been together four or five years prior to getting married, it feels like the way that people communicate about marriage, it feels so different and yet the same. Like the commitment of it feels a lot different from just being in a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. Marriage doesn't come with a manual. Like there, you can read all the books that you want, but it's something that you're never actually prepared for. It. I think it's a lot like parenthood, to be honest. So in my mind, I thought that if I did the things that I learned from my parents that, okay, maybe that would be enough. In my last podcast or the podcast before last, we talked about having a custom-made marriage. When we think about that, you also have to realize that you have a custom-made spouse. And what I mean by that is somebody that God created specifically for you, if that is the person that God created for you. So you are your spouse's rib. That's, that's what the Bible tells you. So when I first got married, I thought that making sure that my husband came home to a clean house, cooking hot meals, folding his clothes, ironing his clothes, and spending quality time was how he received love. And in retrospect, I learned a lot of what I thought love was from witnessing the marriage that my parents had. And I honestly thought that if these were the things that I did every single day of my life, that that would be enough to sustain a good marriage. And boy, boy, oh boy, oh boy, was I wrong. In retrospect, I realized that a lot of our love language is molded by the way that we're raised in our childhood or the 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 childhood that we experience. So for me, I unconsciously and unknowingly loved him in a way that I wanted to be loved in hopes that he would reciprocate that same love to me. And it wasn't until Three to four years down the line when my husband stated that, you know, the cooking, the cleaning, I mean, quality time and folding my clothes and making sure all that is good. I mean, that's okay. I appreciate it. But I really feel loved when you buy me gifts, when you affirm me, when you give me space, when you support me in whatever it is that I am passionate about. So here I was loving him the way that I wanted to be loved, not taking the time to be a student of my spouse and learning to love him in a way that feels and sounds like love to him. So quick story time. Me and my husband have been together, you guys know, for for a very long time. Um, we were together five years before we actually got married. And I'm being really honest with you guys. I would buy this man the same gifts every year for every occasion. So Valentine's Day, birthday, Christmas, anniversary, all of that stuff. I would buy him the same gift for every occasion for for maybe about three to four years straight. So me, I never paid attention to this guys. Honest, honest to God, you you. Once I tell you the story, you are gonna be like, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. But listen, we. Straight up, no BS over here, okay? So I would I would really come home, put a lot of effort into this gift. Of course, it wasn't the only gift that I would buy, but it was always like in addition to anything else that I bought. So I would come home, I would wrap these gifts, I would do it in secret, lock the doors, make sure he didn't see what it was, didn't leave any receipts behind, whatever, blah, blah. blah. So The fourth year, it came down to it, and I was like, babe, I got a surprise for you. And I hand him the gift, and he looks at me with a very serious face. He doesn't even have to open the gift. He doesn't, you know, shake it or anything like that. He's just like, babe, are these underwear? And me, I'm like, my face is so shocked. I'm like, what do you mean are they underwear? How do you know what this could be? You got to open it to see. He said, I know that these are underwear, and I said, what do you mean you know that he's an underwear? How do you know that? He said, girl, you've been buying me underwear as a gift for the last four years. So I know what this gift is. Y'all, when I tell y'all I was so embarrassed, I was like, really? I've been buying you underwear all this time and you never said anything. He's like, I'm telling you now, girl, you keep buying me underwear. He's like, those aren't the type of gifts that I like. So we had to come to this conclusion that instead of me going out to try and surprise him, and these are air quotes, <laughs> with the gifts that I think he should have, I he gives me a list of the things that would make him happiest, and I select from that list of things. So I, the moral of the story is here I was loving him the way that I wanted to be loved not taking the time to be a student of my spouse and learn what love feels and sounds like to him the thing is love is not a one-size-fits-all what worked for somebody else's marriage does not mean that it is necessarily going to work for your marriage you guys hear me what worked for somebody else's marriage does not necessarily mean that it is going to work out for your marriage and just because you feel love a certain way doesn't mean that your spouse feels love in that same exact way. It's important to be a, stu- a, a student of your spouse to understand what it is that your spouse likes or what your spouse doesn't like. What, what is something that if I bought my spouse a gift today would make him feel very happy, would make him feel very loved. What is something that he would not have to just put a little smile on his face to show appreciation, but would actually make him happy and feel appreciated. So lesson number two, learn to be a student of your spouse. The only way you can grow and excel in life is to study, to observe, to listen, to learn new things and to, to realize how the world and the people around you work. And guess what? Marriage is no different. When we talk about the Bible, the one thing people are always saying is, you know, submit. You gotta submit to your husband. You gotta submit to your wife. You gotta become one, you know. Um, and to me, submitting to my husband means taking the time to learn my husband taking the time to learn what makes him feel appreciated, what makes him feel loved, to be a student of all things him. Because the truth is people grow, people evolve. The person I met back in 2010 is not the same version of him that I am currently married to today in 2020. You are going to grow. You are going to evolve. You are going to become someone who looks totally different to your spouse. Because the things that you liked in 2010, you may have outgrown. The people that you hung out with in 2010, you may have been elevated from. You have to be willing to grow and adapt to who your spouse is. Because the one thing that is certain in life is that you are going to change. Life is going to change. Change is inevitable and it's the one thing that we can be sure that is going to occur. So take the time to learn your spouse and be a student of all things them. The only thing that is for sure in this world is that people are going to change. The key, I believe, to a successful marriage or one of the keys, because I don't think that it's just one key. To being in a successful marriage, I, I think that it is there are multiple keys and it is multifaceted as well. But one of them is learning to grow and to understand that your spouse and you are going to be different people and it's going to be several different people during your lifetime together. So if you change at five years, you can kind of expect to change at ten years and fifteen years and twenty years because you are going to you are going to grow and evolve, outgrow. Some things that you used to like, like I said, some people that you used to like, you are gonna become totally different people. But if you learn to grow and grow together, then you learn to have a successful marriage. I can't stress enough that the person you married at one year will be different from the person that you married at two years or the person that you married at five years. And hopefully in that relationship, you're able to get a better version of your significant other. Now lesson number three, I I just wanna give compliments to my husband for this lesson because it's one of those things that he taught me. And It's something that he always says. He's always stating and reiterating, you know, Stephanie, we are on the same team. And if I can be honest with you guys, it took me a long time to really come to terms to this. So I really do wanna, I really do wanna give my husband credit for teaching me this. If I can be honest, in the midst of some arguments and some heated moments and some fights, it's easy to lose focus of your marriage. Sometimes you find yourself on the defensive end while your spouse is playing offense because the thing that no one tells you is that sometimes love can feel like a personal attack on your character. And that's just me being 100 If you have ever been in an argument and your spouse says, well, you don't do this and you don't do that. It it feels like a personal attack on you. It feels like someone is purposely pointing out your flaws and it feels like you have to defend yourself because you know that that is not your character you know that you are so much better than, than what the words are coming out of your spouse's mouth. It's heated the heated moments that are coming out. So you're you saying things that you don't necessarily mean, but it feels good in that moment. So instead of feeling like your partner has your best interest at heart, sometimes we go straight into defense mode because we hear our flaws instead of the love that is, a, that is attached to those unfavorable truths. We have to be able to say, hey, maybe I'm not the strongest in that department, but I'm willing to learn. Maybe I'm not the best of that, but I'm willing to try to be better and I'm willing to try to do better. The truth is you can't heal what hasn't been revealed. And the thing that I've learned about marriage is if anybody is able to point out your flaws or to say that something is not right, then it should be the person that you said I do to in front of God and everybody else who was witnessing you say I do. So I've learned that no matter how hard life gets or no matter how many times we disagree, We are both on the same team. And I won't lie to you. I won't sugarcoat it and say, well, yes, I have absolutely learned this lesson. Because the the God honest truth is sometimes I still struggle with this. The last thing that I want to hear are my flaws. The last thing I want is for somebody to point out my flaws and say, well, you don't do this or you don't do this. And one thing for me is I've learned over the years that my ego has no place in my relationship. Because when ego gets involved, it's like you will do anything to protect your ego. You will say anything to protect your ego, you know, and I don't ever want to put myself in a situation in my marriage where I'm saying things that I can't take back. Because if you've ever been in a situation where somebody has said something mean or hurtful to you, you understand that you realize you remember that for a lifetime. How many of you can really at this moment recall when somebody said something really mean and nasty to you and you can remember all of the details of that? It's the same way in a marriage. We don't want to create scars that never go away. So I pride myself on not saying hurtful things when we are in the middle of something, but I have to constantly remind myself and I have to constantly say in my head, we are both on the same team. So even if it takes me saying this 50 times or a thousand times to myself in one night, I'm trying to understand that we are on the same team. We are fighting for the same Cause We are both in this marriage together. We both have flaws. We both can use constructive criticism from time to time. We both can learn to grow. We both can be better for the sake of our relationship. So again, I won't say that I'm perfect because I'm absolutely not. I still honestly struggle to understand this. But it's one of the most beautiful things that I've learned because in a marriage... The, the thing that you do want is somebody who's gonna be your partner, especially if they are your purpose partner. Does your husband push you to be the best that you can be? Does your husband or your wife support your dreams? Do you feel that you can conquer the world with this person by your side? At the end of the night, there's nobody I would rather lay in the bed next to than my husband because at the end of the day i know that we are fighting for the same cause we are playing on the same team and we want the same results which is a successful marriage at the end of the day and lesson number four i know you guys hear this a lot because i've heard it a lot but sometimes you are going to go to bed angry and that's just the truth some people have mastered this i'm not one of them the god lord the god ain't done with me yet. okay so i know i know i know i know i know the bible says don't let the sun go down on your wrath for those of you who don't really understand that it it basically means don't go to bed angry but if i can tell you guys the god honest truth sometimes i go to bed angry Sometimes I would rather have my space and have my moment and have my opportunity to think about everything that has gone on in a heated moment so that I do not slip up and say something that I would regret. So I go to bed and I think about it and I sleep on it. And then I wake up the next day. And I say, you know what, I've I've had time to reflect on it. Because the truth is, every issue is not meant to be solved right then and there. Some issues just need space. Some issues need time to be thought through and reevaluated. Because if you try to solve them in that heated moment, then you may absolutely say something that you regret. And I've been there. I've been in a situation where... I was having a heated argument with my husband and, you know, when you are upset, the last thing that you are thinking about is how somebody else feels because all you're focused on is how you feel. I've done some crazy things. Like I said, God ain't done with me yet, but thank God for growth and being able to grow and understand that this is not how you are supposed to react towards someone who is on the same team as you sometimes it is best to walk away and come back to a situation when you have a clear and level head like i said marriage should be custom made for you and your spouse so some some people are going to tell you you know don't go to bed angry resolve those issues right then and there don't don't let them long prolong for for longer than what they need be but i'm here to tell you if it works best for you and your spouse For you to walk away, have time to think about it, to have some space and then come back and reevaluate what it is that the problem that you guys are trying to solve, then absolutely do that. Marriage, I can't say it enough. Marriage is not a one size fits all. So you have to understand the dynamics of your relationship and what works for the two of you and not what everybody else or not what society says, this is what a marriage is supposed to be like. Because at the end of the day, whatever it is that works for you and your spouse works for you and your spouse. And nobody can judge you for that. I always say, stay out of married people's business, point blank period. Don't don't be in married people business, especially if you are single. Single people have no place in married people's business. Don't at me. Understand that just because you became one, that, that does not mean you are now entwined and you become the same person because you still are two separate entities. It's just that now you're two separate entities on the same journey. So with you not being the same person, you're not gonna always agree on everything. You're not always going to be alike in everything. Sometimes it's just best to agree to disagree because you have to learn at the end of the day to pick your battles and not every battle is worth going on the battlefield for. Learn to compromise. Sometimes you just have to be like, okay, you know what? This doesn't work for you. That doesn't work for me. So how can I meet you in the middle? What is our common ground? realize that when you said you do that means you chose to honor god and the covenant you made it's so much bigger and i always tell people that marriage is, is so much bigger than just you and your husband it is a purposeful covenant that is created by god to glorify god so you walk in that glory that you are creating for god and you give god the glory for everything that he's done So by being married, you choose to walk in your oneness, but you also choose to maintain your individuality and the aspects that make you the person that your spouse chose to marry in the first place. I always tell people that marriage is a beautiful thing when done correctly. And I absolutely positively, 100%, I mean that because marriage can, you can either be elevated in a marriage Or you can be destroyed. So I find it really important to find somebody who is equally yoked to you. Your vision, what it is that you want to do. Where is it that you want to go? You have to have somebody who's able to understand your vision because not everybody is able to understand what it is that God has given you. So make sure that you're marrying someone who is equally yoked to you. Find that person that God created specifically for you. You don't have to settle because God says that he took somebody's rib out of them to create you. So you know that there's somebody out there who is designed specifically and created just for you. Find your purpose partner and navigate through life. With a teammate, it's a beautiful thing having somebody to come home to. It's a beautiful thing having somebody to feel comfortable and vulnerable in and with. Being able to share your dreams and goals and somebody who can help you along the way to get there. So a wedding is just for a day, but a marriage is for a lifetime. What are you doing to make sure that your marriage is successful? What are you doing to make sure that you are being the best version of yourself that you can be for your spouse and for your marriage? If you like this podcast, feel free to share your marriage tips with me. Um... As always, make sure that you like this podcast, rate us, give us, give us the, the five-star rating so that other people can come and and be a part of the No BS crew. After all, sharing is caring. If you found it relatable, make sure that you, you like us. That's very important. Um, We will see you guys in the next podcast. As always, thank you so much for watching and thank you so much for supporting. I look forward to sharing the next podcast with you.